Hi folks, this is Bob Main, and you're listening to another episode of Today's Survival Show, where it's my goal to help you tap into the power of choice to live life the way you want on your own terms and strengthen your resolve. You've tuned into a practical show if you're a relatively new listener, whether you're from the United States or internationally. Let me just tell you, this is a practical show. I don't engage in tin foil hat, far out type thinking. I just keep this rooted in common sense. And this is episode number 113. As I'm cruising down the freeway, uh, dictating this while I'm driving, I often do. I take advantage of some windshield time to put some thoughts together and talk to you just about common sense survival skills. So in this show, I'm going to specifically dedicate it towards college students. I had a request from a listener to do this show, and I'll cover that in a minute. Uh, I'll talk to you about the email that he sent me and the request and everything. It's, you know, there's been a lot of variety in the shows that I've been putting together lately. You know, the last episode I had a young man by the name of Isaac Goldman, 17 years old, that is just a uh, an incredible wealth of knowledge on emergency communications. And, you know, if folks, we can learn from everybody. Uh, young, old, middle-aged, it doesn't matter. We can learn from everybody. And I, I sincerely believe that. People have areas of expertise. So while I'm thinking of that, let me go ahead and put out the invitation. If you have an area of expertise that you're real good at and you'd like to share it with some people, let me know. I'll call you up, do an interview, put you on the show. Just send me an email, bob at com, and we can arrange that. You know, I believe that... Uh, Every man is my teacher, and it doesn't matter what age they are and so forth. So I'm going to talk about young people because I like to make this a very family-oriented show. I think that survival is a family experience. I really do. I mean, I think that it's something that, as families, you have to be like-minded as a family. And just because somebody goes off to college... Uh, doesn't mean that they're not part of your family anymore, and you need to be coordinating your survival efforts with them. So this is going to be directed towards you if you are in college and you want to pick up some ideas on how to stay prepared in your dorm room or in your off-campus apartment, wherever you happen to be living. And if you're a parent of somebody who is going off to college soon, uh, you might get some things from this podcast as to what to put together in terms of a survival kit for them. I put some of these thoughts together on my own. I did some thinking. I rolled back the clock just a few years ago when I was in college. It wasn't that long ago. Now, I'm, I'm not that old, folks. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to be 49 in November. So I guess it was uh, it was a good while ago. But I went to college. As a matter of fact, I went to college for five and a half years. Took me a while. Um, I'm not proud of that. But I did get my degree. How about that? I graduated from the University of Wisconsin at Stevens Point in December of 1984. It was a while ago. But I lived both on campus and off campus. So I'm going to give you examples of both on campus preparations and off campus preparations, okay? That's pretty much going to be the main topic. And I'm going to talk about putting together a survival kit. And uh, the listener also asked me to talk about how to deal with difficult people. Because obviously in a university setting, you're around a, uh, a lot of people. It gets can get crowded. And yes, I dealt with my share of difficult people as well. And so there's some things that I want to share with you on that subject. And I'll also talk a little bit about the mindset that you might want to think about putting yourself in. Again, whether you're living on campus or off campus. I prefer off campus living, by the way. I will say this. There is some value in living in the dormitories when you're in college. But from a survival preparations standpoint, it's quite limiting. And so if you have the ability to get off campus... I would suggest doing that as soon as possible. Like I said, I did both. I, I spent three semesters on campus, and then I spent the rest of my college career off campus. A lot more freedom. I don't know how it is today, but I think if you're off campus, if you're in a house, you're sharing a house with other people, or if you're in an apartment. I had an apartment when I was off campus, and I shared an apartment with some other students. Now, if you're like-minded, see, that's the first tip I'm going to talk about, is obviously have like-minded people that you're rooming with. If you're off campus, you get a chance probably to be a little bit more selective. 
about who you're rooming with. I can understand that if you're in a dormitory, you know, your, your roommate might be assigned to you. If you have the luxury of picking who you room with, find somebody who is a like-minded individual. That's important from any survival or disaster preparation standpoint. I talk about that so much on this show. And since I am talking about like-minded people here for just a minute, let me knock out a few announcements and then we'll get right into the main topic matter. Speaking of like-minded people, please join our forum, Today's Survival Show Forum. And I'll put a link. If you want to go to todayssurvival.com, just click the forum tab. It'll take you to where you want to go. Well over 500 members and growing. We do chat nights that are topic-based. We pick a topic and we chat about it for an hour. Those are typically on Sunday nights, sometimes on Wednesday nights. So check out the forum for that. There's a wealth of knowledge and a lot of very helpful people on the forum. So I'll put that out there right now. And the other announcement I want to make is by the time you hear this podcast, I'm going to actually make some updates to the videos page and to the news page of todayssurvival.com. So go to the main page, check that out. If you're an iTunes listener... I want to put a call out to all of you who use iTunes. A lot of people. That's the way the majority of the people listen to this show is by downloading it off of iTunes. Would you mind writing a review for me? I don't care. Good, bad, or indifferent. doesn't matter. Just go ahead and put in, put a review on there. Go ahead and write a review if you wouldn't mind. Uh, go to the iTunes uh, review section and do that. Every time you do that, it helps uh, people get a pretty good idea when they're searching for the show what it's all about. And if you don't use iTunes, then uh, go ahead and put a comment either on the blog or the forum. And last but certainly not least, I do about four or five of these podcasts every month. Usually it's about once a week, sometimes twice a week. I hope that I'm helping you with some good ideas to keep your life better prepared. If I am, and if that's worth a little bit to you, if that's worth a couple bucks to you here and there... I don't want to sound like I'm begging, but there are bills to pay and things, and in order for me to keep bringing you good interviews and good shows and so forth, if you wouldn't mind, uh, help out with a small uh, financial donation. If you go to todayssurvival.com, you'll see a Buy Now button on there. Uh, hey, if a $10, $15, $20 donation is something you can swing, that would be great. The podcast will always be free, but a little bit of help is always appreciated. That's all I'm going to say about that. I don't like this to be a commercial show, and it's not all about money. This is not my full-time job. This is just something that I have a heck of a lot of fun doing. So, let me give you a little listener feedback here. Uh, The person who sent me this email that inspired the show uh, said I could use his initials, JBC. He's in Northern Virginia. Let me share his email with you first. Then after I share his email, I've got some ideas for him and for any of you out there who are either college students or you have your parents with uh, with young people going away to college. JBC writes to me, Hi Bob, I'm a college student and I've listened to about 80 of your shows as well as some of the other modern survival podcasts and blogs out there. But I have yet to see anything that is specifically directed to the unique circumstances of a college student. I'm not waiting for someone to tell me what to do. I have my own preps, but I was wondering if you could do a show either by yourself or with someone, perhaps a college management emergency management person or prepper, for example, about the unique considerations college students should take into account to prepare for. Considerations of living in a dorm or community housing with roommates, suite mates, wing mates, etc. Considerations of our food being in the dining hall and not having a decent sized fridge or freezer in our room. School shooters as a potential threat. Short term events that shut down the school or trap you in such uh, situations like snowstorms and uh, power outages. Hurricanes, tornadoes, uh, mobs, riots, things like that. Also a little bit about bugging in or bugging out. And, for example, my girlfriend is in college about an hour and a half away from my school. And in the case of an event where she may be in danger uh, and or I can't contact her, I'm going to be heading there as quickly and as safely as possible. Thanks. Keep up the good work. JBC in Northern Virginia. Well, I know there hasn't been a whole lot out there. And uh, produced about college students. So I'm going to do the best I can, JBC to answer your questions and like I said roll back the clock of time and uh, think back to when I was in school now a lot of what I'm going to cover in on this subject 
is repetitive to just ordinary everyday prepping. I understand that in a dorm you have space limitations. If you haven't already listened to my show, the interview that I did with Frazier from our forum on apartment prepping, you're probably going to pick up a lot of good ideas from that if you're a college student. You know, you can apply a lot of what he talks about in apartment prepping to your dormitory. And again, if you're living off campus. Now, if you're living in a large house, if you're living in a fraternity house, it's kind of tough. You know, because I know, <laughs> I know how fraternity brothers are. I remember those days, <laughs> and uh, oh well, I, I don't think I'll go into that, but if you're off campus and you're not in a fraternity, because I did both, I was in a fraternity and I was also in off campus, and I was very selective, and that's the first thing I want to say is be very selective about who you room with if you get a chance to. You might want to turn them on to this podcast, you might want to turn them on to our forum. That would be kind of cool if, if, if you did, if you can get them involved. Because they can obviously listen to the show, and they can read the post on the forum to get some good ideas. But let me talk first of all. Let me, let me make the first topic of this college preparation discussion about security and safety. What good are your preps if you don't have them secure, and if you can't maintain safety? Now, some of what I'm going to talk about is kind of basic, but man, you'd be amazed how many people just... Ignore some of this stuff. When I was in college, I saw people ignoring some of this stuff. Now, now times were different in the 80s when I was in college. But, you know, there's enough similarities now. But but security, I think, has become more and more of of a concern. And, you know, I mean, let's face it. With all the campus shootings and everything that we've had, it's ridiculous. First of all... I'm going to address something that, 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 you know, it bothers me, but I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. Unfortunately, 99% or probably all of the universities out there are gun-free zones, and that's it's a shame. Now, I'm not saying that we should be arming up all the college students, but, man, you know what? These, these school shootings that have taken place on university campuses, most recently at the University of Texas, it's, I think it's just a crying shame. I think it's a tragedy. I think it's a disaster in and of itself that students are not allowed to fight back. You get some crazy loon, some nutbag, that comes on campus and starts shooting the place up, and even the faculty members can't fight back. The students can't fight back. Gun-free zones don't work. They just don't. But they are what they are, and you can't change the rules right now. So I'm going to address some safety concerns, some things that you can do to help try to mitigate some of the challenges. First thing I want to say is lock up. It's amazing how many people just aren't paying attention to locking up. All right, lock your residence hall or lock your apartment, lock your dorm up as tight as you can. You know, even when you're even when you're there, even when you're at home, lock up. Lock your car. Lock your bike. Lock your um, lock your purse in a drawer, uh, inside inside someplace. You know, use lockers whenever you possibly can. Okay, always lock your door. Lock your dorm door. Lock your apartment door when you leave. Even if you're just leaving for for thirty seconds. Even if you say, "Oh well, you know what? I'm just going to be gone a minute or two. It only takes a thief ten seconds to take something from your room, your dorm room. All right. Make sure you're locking your door when you're sleeping. Even if you live in a residence hall, lock your door. All right. Don't hide the key to your room or to your apartment outside. Thieves are a lot more experienced than you might know. And thieves are pretty good at, uh, at discovering hiding places that people use. Okay. Like, uh, always lock your bike to some immovable object. And, and use a maximum security bike lock. And don't leave any of your property unattended at all times. When you're in the library, when you're in the dining hall, the classroom, the restroom, or when you're in, uh, in any campus facility at all. One of the things that you have to realize, that the, the theft of backpacks and textbooks is very common on universities. Uh, the resale value of books makes them pretty attractive targets uh, for petty thieves. So even if you're leaving for just a minute, all right, take your things with you. Don't leave notes on your door uh, announcing that you aren't there. You know, this happens a lot in college campuses. It's amazing. Students will leave a note on their door, like for a friend or something, or for their boyfriend or a girlfriend. What does that tell people? tells people you're not there. Don't do that. Don't leave things uh, in obvious places that shows that you're gone. 
Now, and speaking of that, speaking of theft, college students, you know, do the same thing that everybody else does when they prepare. Make sure you have proper inventory of everything. In other words, make sure that you've recorded your inventory. Uh, it doesn't hurt to be taking digital pictures and backing up digital pictures to a CD or to a thumb drive. And and have serial numbers of your of all your items. If your item does have a serial number, have that recorded, have that stowed away. If your dorm room or your off-campus residence is raided, to have all that information handy to give to the police is invaluable. You can also get you can get renter's insurance uh, if you're an off-campus um, college student. Doesn't matter if you're off-campus, you're in your own residence. You can get renter's insurance. I would highly recommend it. Do you have a survival binder? I've talked a lot on this show about putting together a survival binder and have rent, written printed copies of everything too. Have a written inventory as well as a digital copy of everything that you own, everything you own, everything you have with you, everything you have in your dorm room or your apartment with you at that time. Next, I want to talk about other people. Be be suspicious. I think it's okay to be suspicious. I think these days now it's a little bit different than when I was in school. It's okay. Be suspicious of people. I'm not saying be paranoid. Don't don't get into the paranoia phase, but be on the lookout. You may know your neighbors in your residence hall or in your apartment building uh, or, or the fellow students, but, but what else do you know about them? Uh, even though you think you know them, ask yourself some questions. What, what do I really know or what is it that I don't know? You see, at first, when you first move in, at, at the very best, the people that are in your building are going to be pretty much just acquaintances. You may have a couple of good friends in there, but they're probably just going to be acquaintances. So until, I would suggest until you know them well enough to be real good friends, I, I wouldn't take any chances. Right? You know, do, remember things like don't lend your keys or your student ID or your driver's licenses or your meal tickets to anybody. Just don't do that. Don't open up a building door for a stranger that doesn't have a key. I used to see this all the time when I was in school, you know, and it was kind of unsettling to me, especially when I lived in the dorms. Other students were always opening up building doors for people that, that we, we didn't know who they were. Nowadays, more than ever, I think that's important. Okay, and don't prop open doors. And if you see that somebody's propped open a door into the dormitory building uh, or into the apartment building, close it. Close it and lock it. All right. Now, the next security subject I want to talk about. I, I hate talking about this, but it's reality. And even though sometimes I have to talk about things on this show that are not pleasant, and this is one of those not pleasant, it's reality. So let me remind you this. If you are sexually assaulted on campus, report it to the campus police as soon as you can. An off-campus assault should be report, uh, reported to the local police and call 911. Remember, calling the police does not commit you to pressing charges against your attacker. Right, you can make that choice later as far as pressing charges, but reporting the crime might help prevent the attack from being repeated. Repeated on you or repeated on somebody else. It may help prevent a rape. It might save a life. It might save someone else the pain and the anguish. And it's it's going to help your case. So report it. please. And I hear so much about campus attacks and they're not reported. Please, please report those. Do the best you can to remember the physical attributes of the attacker and, and the details of the attack. And, uh, you know, um, uh, JBC that sent me this information, or that sent me this request, you said, you said your girlfriend lives about an hour and a half away, goes to a different school, I think. You might want to remind her of some of this kind of stuff. I, and again, I know, I know it's negative. And I know it's something that, that's not pleasant, but you, you have to think about this. Okay? If the attack occurs somewhere other than in your residence, try to leave a personal item that can be traced back to you. And do the best you can to remember the physical attributes of the attacker and try to remember as many details about the attack scene as, as possible. It's, that's vitally important. It's important to preserve as much of the physical evidence as possible. All right, short pause there. I had to take a business call while I'm uh, cruising down the road driving and also producing this podcast for you. But to get back on track, I was talking about, you know, preserving the scene, preserving all the evidence in case you're attacked. Again, I, you know, I don't like to talk about this stuff, but it, it's real. And it happens, and it happens all the time, and the school shootings happen all the time. And unfortunately, it seems like that the colleges and university campuses out there are becoming less safe. Can you believe that? I mean, 
I don't want to worry you, parents. I don't want to worry you, college students. I don't want to worry you. Uh, my son's going to be going to college in uh, six six years from now or so. So this stuff is on my mind, and uh, only God knows what's going to happen six years from now when my son goes to school. What 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 changes might there be in the dynamics from what we experience today? I mean, does it make you worry? I mean, that's that's my question. Does it make you worry? This person that sent me the email asking me to do this, it sounds like it's something that's on their mind. And that's okay. That's good. You know, survival preparations, these are the kinds of things that should be on our mind. And I think it's just great that college students write in and ask. You know, you notice the the, uh, the diversity that I like to promote on my show. And when I say diversity, I mean people of all different age groups. You know, I think it's good that young people, you know, Isaac Goldman coming on the show last week. Now, by the way, let me say something about that before I go into the next topic here on college survival. I did have somebody contact me saying that some of the some of the um, information that Isaac gave us on emergency communications was not real accurate. Uh, you know what? I have, for some reason, I've misplaced the comment. So, to the listener who sent that in, please send it in again. I'm sure that Isaac would like a chance to... Uh, make his side of the case known, or at least talk to you about it, and I'll start a thread on the forum. So for for that listener that sent in the email saying that uh, some of Isaac's information on emergency communications equipment was not real accurate, uh, please, please go go ahead and send the comment in again. Bob at todayssurvival.com is a good way to do it. Email me directly, or just why don't you just become a member of our forum, start a thread, and post it on there. Because, see... One of the things that I like about our forum is it's also a separate learning experience away from this podcast. And it's impossible. I don't know if any of you have ever tried to do a podcast before, but it's impossible for someone like me to do this to just get everything right. There's going to be mistakes. So, And I'm very quick to admit mistakes and correct them. John F. Kennedy once said a mistake does not become a problem until you fail to correct it. And so that's what I want to do, is I want to correct these inaccuracies, if there are some. I do the best I can to do some research ahead of time to prevent that. But every once in a while, it slips through. Okay, so I'll be looking forward to that email or that feedback. Okay, now, let's get back to dealing with some difficult people, because... This uh, listener asked me to talk about dealing with difficult roommates or doormates or wingmates and people like that. And unfortunately, it's difficult because you can't choose them. Sometimes you can, sometimes you cannot. First thing I want to remind you of is don't lose your assertiveness. I don't know what it is, but a lot of young kid, young people, when they go to college, they, they seem to get a little bit um, passive is the word that I'm looking for. If somebody's making too much noise and and you can't handle it, you don't be afraid to go to them and say, "Hey, look, uh, you know, you need you need to bring that down a little bit. Go to the authorities, uh, the RAs or whoever's running the dorm dormitories, and discuss it with them." From a preparedness standpoint, I always went to college whether I was in a dorm or had or off campus. I always had an extra refrigerator. I had one of those little small dormitory size refrigerators. I know they don't hold much. You know, after I stuck a couple of six packs of beer in there, I didn't have much left for anything but a bunch of cheese sticks. <laughs> they were small. But it's something. It's some way to store food. I would suggest that you set a goal of 24 to 48 hours worth of food if you're living in a college dormitory. I think that's pretty reasonable. So jam whatever you can jam in those little refrigerators and buy some food, a lot of foods that um, that don't require refrigeration. You know, underneath your bed and inside of sock drawers and inside of laundry baskets and things like that and inside of little shelves and filing cabinets and so forth. There's a lot of places for you to store food that doesn't have to be refrigerated. Just get into the mindset that you got to have 24 to 48 hours worth of stuff. You know, if I think about being back in college again and all of a sudden some kind of a disaster comes through and we're without power. Gosh, man, I tell you, what are all these young people going to do that are listening to their uh, their iPods and their MP3 players uh, when they can't charge them up anymore? Oh, my God. Right? I mean, we're, we're going to have uh, we're gonna have mayhem on college campuses, aren't we? So, like everybody else, I would urge you, if you're a college student... Have some ways to entertain yourself in case there is no power. All right, have some good books to read. 
things like that. You know, have candles. Store some candles. You can store candles safely. Uh, if you have to put candles into containers for safe storage, do that. Have a way to create light. If you've got some lanterns, battery-operated lanterns. Uh, I used to have a small cook stove. Now, it was kind of tricky because uh, when I was in college, we weren't allowed to use those. But I always just kept one hanging around for emergency purposes, and I hit it pretty well. I had just a little single burner camp, camp, uh, Coleman camp stove. That's all I had. Just a little single burner Coleman camp stove that ran off of propane. And I just kept it hanging around. And I don't ever remember a time where I used it in my dorm that wasn't allowed, but it was just it was comforting to have. It was it was good to know that I had something. I had a way that I could cook some food if I had to. The other thing that I did, and I don't know about where some of you go to college. This person is writing to me from Northern Virginia, but being the outdoors type of person that I that I was at that time when I was in college, I loved being outdoors because I was brought up hunting and fishing, folks. I was brought up that our weekend, our you know our our family weekend activity was hunting and fishing. We had so much plentiful hunting game within 10 miles of our house and we had a cottage up north and we were always going up there and, and, and going fishing and participating in water sports and things like that that was just kind of it was bred into me i guess so i found the nearest fishing holes and places to go hunting and i made some alliances see i think when you're in college it's all about the alliances and the people that you that you set yourself up with uh, to meet i made some alliances with other students that uh, that like to fish and that like to hunt and we did it together and we learned from each other we learned a lot of techniques so see i consider that a survival technique if i was you now I had the luxury, I had the luxury, this was up in Wisconsin, this was at University of Wisconsin-Stevens Point. I had the luxury of having a couple of relatives of mine that lived off campus. So they were allowed, or they had the ability to keep my firearms with me, uh, excuse me, for me. They kept them for me. They kept my shotguns. Mainly I had two shotguns at that time that I was using for a lot of the hunting that I was doing in a small rifle. And because I couldn't keep those on campus, couldn't keep them in the dorm with me, I left them with my relatives that were off campus. So, you know, I had to plan for how am I going to get from point A to point B if there was a disaster. And that was kind of the tricky part. I'll under, you know, I'll, I'll give you that. That's kind of tricky. I always saved my money and I had a pretty well-maintained vehicle. So in case the crap hit the fan... I had I had plans. I, I knew my vehicle was going to run well. I knew that my vehicle was at least going to get me to my cousin's house where he kept my shotguns if I needed it. I also had him keep some other supplies for me and things. So it was kind of a rallying point. My, my, my cousin's house off campus was kind of a rallying point. You that are in college, you may want to think about that. If you have relatives that are even just close by. You might want to think about that. Now, even if you don't have relatives that are close by, perhaps you can start forging some relationships that will help uh, store some things for you. I don't know. It's just an idea that I thought I would throw out there and uh, let you chew on that one for a while and see if that's going to work for you. Now, getting back to dealing with some difficult people. You have to really heighten your, your situational awareness when you're in college. And I know that for college kids, you know, they're so worried about everything. Exams and, and having fun and, and roommates and dorms and, and parties and getting to the right classes and all that. And the whole experience, the whole experience, they get caught up in the great college experience, right? And it's really easy to get complacent. And it's really easy to just, you know, be out there in la-la land and just, you know, not pay attention to what's going on around you. I think a big part of safety and survival in a college environment is being aware of what's going on around you and finding other people who are aware. So let me make a suggestion. Throw this out. Do you think you could do this? Do you think you could probably find at least a couple of people in your dorm, maybe those that live on your wing or your part of the hall, that think like you do, that are always concerned about their safety, they're concerned about their security, their survival, and things like that, and just, just form a pact to watch out for each other and to heighten your situational awareness and perhaps get together on a once uh, once every week or maybe once every couple week basis and talk about what you've been seeing and, and who you've been seeing do different things. You know, how is so-and-so acting? If there's a troublemaker in your wing, how is he or she acting? What have they been doing? What have they been saying? 
See, I think a lot of these uh, these violent shootings and so forth on campus that take place, I think if people pay more attention to how the person is acting and some of the odd, bizarre behaviors and report those properly. Now, I know if I remember back to the Virginia Tech shooting, I think a lot of stuff was reported on that guy, and it was, it was completely ignored. You can't do anything about that. If the authorities are going to ignore it, there's not much you can do. And that's one of the things that makes me uneasy when I think about surviving on a college campus and what kids have to go through. Uh, and, and, I, and when I say kids, I, I just mean that you guys are a lot younger than me. I don't mean that you're kids at, at heart or, or kids mentally. It just means that you're younger than me. But when I think back to my own experience, and, and it makes me realize how vulnerable I was when I was in college. Especially in the dorms. Off campus, which I'm going to get to in a little bit here in the, in the podcast. Off campus prepping is very much like regular normal prepping. Uh, apartment prepping prepping in your house, so on and so forth. But there really seems to be these days a disconnect between college students' minds and and the concept of situational awareness. Just being observant. You know, your your mind is going to tell you when something is not right in a situation. Your feelings are going to feel it when something is not right. When a certain person is not right being around. Get out of there. Get out of there. Don't be around those people. Don't be in those situations. Don't get sucked up into being in situations where all of a sudden somebody, some, somebody could go violent, could go ballistic on you, uh, could steal from you, and so forth. Just listen to what you're being told by your own feelings is what I'm trying to say. And the other thing I'd like to suggest if you are a college student... If you have an RA or if you have somebody that's in charge of the housing... It might be a good idea to talk to them and ask them if they would be willing to let you start a survival preparedness group on campus or in your dormitory. Find out if there's a if there's a way to do that, if they'll give you permission to do that. There may even be a meeting room uh, in the dorm or nearby that you could use and people who are interested get together in that meeting room. And if this if this works, if they'll let you do it, then get together on a regular basis. I would say pick a day during the week or pick a, a night during the week that everybody who's in, in, involved or interested in survival, preparedness, safety, maybe call it the uh, the Dorm Safety Council or something like that. I'm just pulling a name out of the air. And, and you go ahead and be the head of the Dorm Safety Council or, or the Dorm Security Council. If they'll let you do that, you organize the meetings. It's amazing how much benefit you will get from organizing the meetings. Pick a topic. Do like we do at today's Survival Show Forum chat night. Pick a topic and say, okay, we're going to talk about this specific topic. And we're going to talk about how we can handle these types of things on campus. Get other students thinking. You'd be amazed. When people get together like that and they start brainstorming, lots of good ideas come out. Make notes of those. Okay, show up with your laptops if you have them and make good notes of what happens during the dorm safety council meeting. And email that. Email that to all your fellow students. You know, and, and talk about how fun it is and make the meetings fun and word will spread. You never know. You know, you might have fifteen or twenty students meeting on a weekly basis. Maybe more. I don't know. Those are the types of things that I think are good things to do, and you can bounce ideas. You can also share resources, and guess what, folks? This is how you can start to build your group of like-minded people, of people who care about this stuff, who care about survival and preparedness and security. This is one way, on a college campus, you can start building that network. And truth be told, you'll probably find yourself analyzing the skill sets of different people as they come to the meetings and as you talk to them about preparedness and survival. You ever find yourself doing that? I do it. I do it all the time. You know, I mean, part of it is the is the, because I'm in sales. So I'm used to analyzing people. I'm used to sizing people up, you know, because I, I can tell when I meet with for five minutes with somebody when I'm selling my product whether this is going to be a qualified prospect or not because I've qualified them. I've qualified them in my mind, and I've qualified them with words by asking them questions. And you, you know, you'll find as a survivalist, you'll kind of start doing the same thing. You'll start qualifying people within a minute or two after you meet them. You'll start finding out what are their interests, what can they do, what can they not do, what's their skill set, and you'll find yourself thinking, <laughs> okay, let's see, what does this person bring to the table? Uh, how could they help? 
What's their specific skill set? What could they do? I'm serious. I mean, that's that's what you find yourself doing because, again, survival is a lifestyle. It's a whole change in lifestyle and a change in the culture with which you operate your life. It's no different when you go to college, in my opinion. And to the person who originally sent me this email, who has a girlfriend that goes to college an hour and a half away or something like that, I would just suggest to you that you do need to get together with her on a regular basis and discuss this particular subject, even if it's only a 15 or 20 minute discussion, and have a plan. Have a plan as to how you're going to meet halfway if you have to bug out of campus for some reason. Uh, and then what are you going to do once you guys meet? And who's going to bring what supplies? Rehearse that plan. Make believe that there's a problem. And, you know, do it unannounced. Maybe one person calls the other and says, all right, put the plan in motion. Let's go. And and practice it. Practice meeting. Maybe do this every two or three months. Practice meeting somewhere in between, if that's what it is. I, I don't know what your particular situation is, so it's going to be hard for me to speak to that specifically. But I would just say proper planning and a lot of practice and a lot of well-thought-out plans, and I think you're probably going to be okay. You're probably going to be better off than a lot of the other people, uh, a lot of the other students that uh, that are sheep. Because they don't think about this stuff. And they're just going to be led like lambs to slaughter when something happens. And I don't mean that on purpose. It's just that they're going to be thinking, oh man, if I can't get to the mess hall, I can't eat. If I can't get to the cafeteria, I'm not going to be able to eat anything. It's because they're not taking the steps to prepare. Because they should be able to eat just fine in their room for a couple of days if for some reason you cannot get to the dining hall. Or if the dining hall has no power and can't cook food. And everything they have there is starting to spoil. Stuff like that. Okay, so with that, let's take another quick break here. 15 seconds, and I'll be back on with segment number three. Talk a little bit about off-campus living. Be back in a few. Okay, in segments one and two, I talked a lot about the dorms for college kids, how to prepare while you're in your dormitory. I do have a few more comments about that, and then I'm going to talk about off-campus living, because I have experience with that, too. And actually, I know a few people who are preppers that are going to school and they're living off-campus. But back to the dorms for a minute. A few tips on making your dorm room disaster-proof. Or at least, as I always like to say, mitigate some of the impact on disasters. Now, if you happen to be in an area where there's a lot of natural disaster uh, uh, tendencies and you're going to school there, let me suggest that you make some preparations so that you also are ready at a moment's notice if, if something happens. And so I want to give you a few tips here on creating a disaster kit. It's not a whole lot different than people who are not in school creating a disaster kit. And, and I think this bears repeating. I'm going I'm to go ahead and go over it again anyway. Again, space is mainly going to be your limitation. What I'm about to cover now, I can't see why there'd be any school regulations even if you wanted to do this in your dorm room. But let's start with water, the obvious. Now that's going to be a lot tougher, obviously, if you have confined space. Uh, you can probably store bottles of water, which I would suggest you do, as many as you possibly can, and uh, and have some water purification tablets, and make sure you've got a good water filter. And basically, if you have those three, you know, if you're following the mantra of storing water, you know, store as much as you can. Uh, you know, there's the mantra that says a gallon per person per day, you know, in a dorm room, that's going to be probably pretty tough. So I think the water purification tablets and, and a good water filter, th th those are some decent preparations. Food. You know, store enough dried and dehydrated food uh, to feed yourself for three days. If you're in a dorm room, just concentrate on three days. There's a very good chance if there's a disaster that happens and you've got to leave campus, if there is a lockdown before you can leave, Typically, the lockdown is not going to be more than three days. 
And, I mean, that's just my opinion. I, You know, if you've got a three-day supplies worth of stuff to get you through the lockdown and before so that you know before you can evacuate campus and go to relatives or wherever i think that's pretty sufficient and if i would strongly suggest that you make the majority of that three-day foods foods that don't have to be cooked now speaking of cooking it doesn't hurt like i mentioned earlier to keep some kind of a camping gas stove handy and uh and have some two or three um have a couple or three gas cylinders as well. Now, you you might need to store the gas cylinders outside the dorm room. That's probably not something that you're going to be able to keep inside of a, of a dorm room in a college. So you're probably going to have to get creative and try to store those somewhere. If you know somebody off campus that you can, that's not too far off campus where you can store those, um, that might be helpful. The other thing I might suggest is when talking about light, if there's a power outage, a blackout, stocking up on large candles. And these are things that people stock up on anyway. And large candles aren't going to take up a whole lot of room. Now, don't forget that candles can also be used for slow cooking and heating. Um, when they're used inside of uh, uh, like, a, like a tin can or something like that. And there's all kinds of things that you can do with candles besides just provide light. Make sure you correctly perforate the can when you do that. But you you could use them for that as well. And heat. Let's say you, you know you're you're in a blackout situation without power. You might need to keep warm for a while, uh, waiting for emergency teams to to uh, get there. Make sure you got plenty of warm clothes and blankets on hand. Prepare for the seasons just like everybody else prepares. You can do that whether you're a college on uh, college on campus or off campus. Communications. Uh, I thought there was some pretty good information in what Isaac shared last uh, podcast with us about emergency communications. I would at least, if I were you living in a dorm room, at least keep a battery operated. Small weather radio, uh, batteries, uh, just regular radio in the room so that you can listen to the local news, uh, listen to the local updates easily. Make sure that your mobile uh, uh, phone, your cell phone, is always with you and make sure that you have a special phone to use for emergencies as well. It probably also wouldn't hurt, uh, for example, in the case of the person that sent me this email, he's got a girlfriend that lives an hour, that goes to school an hour and a half away. You know, it if, if you are into ham radio or CBs, or you're, even if you're not, it wouldn't hurt to at least have a simple citizen's band radio. Have a simple CB radio, even if it's a, uh, a handheld. Have some type of a way to communicate with people that are around you. Uh, and even if, even if you, there's no other college students that are around you, you know, if your campus is not too far from where truckers may be driving through, uh, as long as the highways are, are passable and there's truckers driving through, and you got a CB, you can communicate with them. It's 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 just probably one more way that you could use to help summon for uh, rescue teams or aid, especially if there's some kind of a major disaster that's on your campus. First aid. Always have a good basic first aid kit. Go back and listen to the two podcasts that I did on first aid. Uh, they were both interviews with Ghost Rider from our forum. There's a lot of good information about building a first aid kit on our forum as well. Those don't take up a whole lot of room. You can do that whether you're on campus or off campus at a college. Now, if you're living off campus, I'm going to talk to you basically your own apartment or let's say you're living in a large house with other students. I've done both when I was in college. I had an apartment for a couple of years and then for about a year. Boy, it was a unique experience. (laughs) One that I wouldn't want to uh, repeat, but I was in a large house with a bunch of other students. You know, I saved a lot of money, but there was some, it's a whole long list of of reasons why that didn't go so well. This is where I think you're going to have a better opportunity to pick your roommates, obviously, if you're living off campus. And it doesn't hurt, folks, uh, you college students, interview the people, interview them extensively before you live with them. You have to understand, these are people you're going to live with. You're going to live with them for the better part of the year. So these people are going to be pretty much like family to you. You're going to be living with them as if you were living with family members. Only this is a unique case, because if you're a college student, you have some choice over who you're going to live with off campus. We don't get to choose our families. 
But we do get to choose our roommates, for the most part, if we're going to be off campus in a university. So try to find people who are going to be prepper-type-minded people. At least find people who don't mind if you prepare. Now, if you live in a state, you know, first of all, let's talk about what should you have in your off-campus house. I'm going to say something here that maybe not all of you agree with. And and I'm going to say something, maybe parents don't agree with it, but I strongly believe in it. Based on what's going on right now in the world, the threats that we face out there, the threats that students face, I think it's highly important that in your off-campus housing, if you can have a security system in that apartment have a, or, or in that home. Uh, if you're legally allowed to own a firearm, have one in there and have it safely stored in a safe where other people cannot have access to it. I know you might disagree with that, but folks, uh, you know what? I don't think you can take security too lightly anymore these days. On campus, you can't take that gun on campus with you. I know that. Now, I hate the fact that those are gun-free zones. But there's also home invasions in off-campus housing, folks. And being off-campus off is going to give you the chance to store more food, store more water, have more first aid supplies, have more tools on hand. You know, if you're in a house and the house has a basement or if it has extra room in the garage, you know, this is when you're going to be able to prep a lot better. It also probably doesn't hurt, and I don't see any reason why you couldn't get away with this. Uh, most students carry backpacks, right? And they carry backpacks onto campus. Uh, I see it all the time. It doesn't hurt to have a little small first aid kit in that backpack on campus. So you got something with you. It doesn't hurt to have a couple small cans of food in there as well. Uh, some plastic uh, utensils, plastic forks, knives, and spoons doesn't hurt to have an extra couple bottles of water in that backpack that you're taking on campus. You know, be careful. I know all this stuff weights it down. And if you have to do a lot of walking between classes or walking between your car and the uh, campus buildings and things, you know, but hey, it'll put you in good shape. Think about that. It'll get you used to carrying a bug out bag if you have to carry a bug out bag. So uh, those are some things to think about. You know, put as much in your in your backpack as you can. Uh, there's so many creative backpacks out there that have all kinds of rooms now, all kinds of room in them. Uh, I love the internal frame packs. You know, I like to use internal frame packs for my emergency bag. And I can't see why those internal frame packs, you know, they're a lot more comfortable to carry something heavy. I can't see why that wouldn't work out for you, the students, as well. But whatever it is that you're carrying, make sure that it's packed and it's packed well with some good stuff in it. So you've got some kind of a of an emergency kit that's with you all the time while you're on campus. And then, of course, more supplies at home. When I was going to school at University of Wisconsin, during the uh, Wisconsin-Stevens Point, we, we, we used to get a lot of snow there, folks, in the winter. Lots of snow. And it was cold. And I had to walk three-quarters of a mile from my off-campus housing onto campus. So I was walking in a lot of cold. So... If that's going to be your situation, too, if you live in an area that's a cold climate, make sure you've got plenty of good, warm stuff in your backpack, extra, and extra clothes, too, in case you've got to find some place. Maybe you have to change clothes once you get to campus for some reason. Okay, it's, it's good survival stuff to have that with you in your backpack. The person who sent me this uh, email asking me to do this said that his school allowed them to have knives. Uh, that's good. Now, I don't know, you know, I haven't been on college campus in the last couple of years. I don't know if they're using metal detectors or if they're using a lot of high security, but if you can get away with having a good knife, a good, you know, not a big huge hatchet, not a big uh, machete or anything like that, but just a good basic survival knife. Keep that in your backpack as well, too. Also something that can be used for self-defense if needed. The other thing I'd like to strongly recommend for uh, college students, and I recommend this for a lot of folks, again, an area that might generate some disagreement, I don't know, but I'm a firm believer in keeping plenty of cash on me, and plenty of cash in small bills. Just from, from a tipping standpoint, I mean, you know, campuses typically have people there that are trying to service the campus, people that are trying to maintain it, uh, 
in, in some campuses have security, although they're not very good. Some, a lot of campus police departments really suck. And I'm not trying to pick on cops when I say that. It's just it's just plain the truth. A lot of campus police suck. But they are there, they are on the grounds, and if you need to use money to tip somebody, if there is a disaster that hits your school, and you need to use money to tip somebody, or, for example, maybe even in the surrounding area, uh, electricity goes down, you need to buy something, the credit card machines or the debit card machines don't work, hopefully you don't have a credit card. You shouldn't. College kids, you don't need a credit card. Come on. Be responsible with finances. Pay cash. Use your debit card for everything. So don't go into debt. But it's I, I, would, I would definitely in my backpack have a lot of cash with me. And uh, what's a lot? Some people say, well, Bob, what's a lot? What do you consider a lot? Just my personal opinion, what I like, I like to carry with me all the time. I like to carry at least $200 with me in small bills, 20s or smaller. Um, to me, that is enough to get me out of a lot of jams. Some people carry more than a couple hundred dollars. I would say a couple hundred dollars minimum uh, in whatever currency. Uh, if, if you have, some, if there's some international listeners listening to me from out of the country, because I know there's quite a few of them who do, whatever your currency is, keep the equivalent of about 200 American dollars with you. I think you know you can do a lot with that. And I think anything less than that is really not going to help you too much. If there's some kind of a disaster, it's not going to get you very far. You may have to pay people extra money to do things for you and tip them, and you may have to do it tip them handsomely. Remember, it's an emergency. Uh, you need to get people to help you get through the emergency, and money talks. It does, folks. Money talks. Keeping cash on hand, money talks. You know, I think one of these days I'm going to do a podcast. And just list all the examples where having plenty of cash on me helped me. And not just in a disaster situation, but it just helps you through life. You know, there's a few things that having cash does for you that I really haven't mentioned on this podcast very much. So let me go ahead and shift gears here. I've given out some pretty good ideas on college student survival, living on campus and living off campus. Hopefully that answered the listener's question, gave them some things to think about. And like I said, for you college students out there who are into prepping or for you parents out there who are into uh, prepping and you want to equip your young people going to college, hopefully I've given you some ideas on that. But let me speak to, to carrying cash because, again, this is a survival technique I don't think a lot of people do enough of. You, you've heard me say that I'm a big proponent of having an emergency fund. Now, when I say that, uh, I follow the Dave Ramsey theory of having an emergency fund of at least a thousand. I like to keep a couple thousand dollars uh, in my bank account. Now, I keep fifty percent of that in cash. All right, I do. I keep fifty percent of that emergency fund in cash. Mine's a little bit more than a thousand dollars right now. But I keep it in a safe in cash. The reason I do that is, first of all, there's a few things it does. Number one, it gives you a lot of confidence. There's something about cash that gives you confidence. I don't know what it is. It's psychological. If I look at $1,000 in cash, I feel more powerful with that than I look at $1,000 in my bank account. I do. I, I, do you? Do you find yourself, if you look at cash, does it feel like it's got more power? That it's going to even? It feels like it's going to spend more than money in the bank. I know that's silly. I know it's not going to spend more. I mean, a thousand dollars is a thousand dollars, right? It doesn't matter if it's in cash in your hand or if it's in the bank. It's still only a thousand dollars. But it does something to me psychologically. And always having a couple hundred dollars in my wallet does something to me psychologically. It creates a positive psychological effect. Now, I know there's people that say, Oh, Bob, boy, I tell you, you're making yourself a target carrying all that money around. You're making yourself a target for assault or robbery. Well, not really, because other than the folks that are listening to this podcast right now, nobody knows I do it. Okay? I don't go around advertising to everybody, Hey, guess what? I got $200 in cash in my pocket. I don't advertise that. I'm very discreet about it. Plus, I'm armed all the time anyway. So, you know, and I've learned a few other self-defense tricks on how to defend myself against an attack. I'm not going to say that I'm uh, going to be able to fight off a whole mob trying to attack me, but to me it's worth the risk of maybe losing a couple hundred dollars to get all the benefits that it pays off. 
First of all, um, one of the things that carrying cash does is it causes you to spend less. I'll say that again, and, and this is important for college students too. One of the things that carrying cash does is cause you to spend less. I want you to try this. I've mentioned it many times, but I want you to try it again. I'm going to say it again. Pay all your bills in cash one month and see what happens. Every bill you have, pay it in cash. If you have, if you don't want to mail cash in the mail to somebody to pay a bill, don't pay bills online for a month. Just don't do that for a whole month. Just tell yourself, I'm going to pay everything in cash. All your grocery expenses, all your uh, your storage supply expenses, all your utility bills, everything you buy, everything, everything you buy in one month, buy it with cash. If you really have to mail a bill, go down to the bank or the post office and get a money order or cashier's check cut to the party that you're paying the bill and then mail the cashier's check. By doing this, you're going to spend less money. Trust me. You will spend... A lot of studies have been done. You will spend 5 to 7% less money if you pay everything in cash. Because it's a lot harder, psychologically, for the human brain to let go of that cash. It's harder to do that than it is to sign a piece of paper that authorizes your debit card to be charged. And that's why a lot of people get themselves in, in, in trouble with credit cards. The reason people get themselves in trouble with credit cards is it's too easy. It's too easy, it's too tempting, and they're rip-offs. But you don't realize it's the rip-off until you get the bill. So that's, you know, make it more painful to spend money. And carrying cash makes it more painful to spend money. But it also gives you the benefits. To me, it gives me the psychological benefit... Uh, it also gives me the benefit of knowing that if I have to buy something, I can buy it no matter what. Even if electricity is down and the um, the electronic uh, card processing machines are not working, or if the ATMs are not working, I've got cash. I've got currency. I can keep it with me. Okay, keeping some gold coins with you all the time might not be a bad idea either. Whether you're a college kid or whether you're not a college person, keeping some gold coins with you. Just a small amount of gold coins. And, you know, the, the amount is up to you. But if, if it's a really bad, big stink hit the fan disaster, disaster, then you may have to revert to your gold coins. If we've got an eco, a global economic crash and all of a sudden our dollars are starting to become more and more worth nothing, and some of you might, might be thinking, that's already started, Bob. And, yeah, you got a point there. The value of our dollar has been dwindling extensively. But if it's really bad... If it's a really bad situation and we're in an oh crap, this is a, a, a horrific event here, then, you know, the gold coins uh, may help you. The gold and silver coins are probably going to help you at that point. Again, I don't, I don't like to really dwell on a lot of these really uh, nasty events, but they could happen. At least keep the cash. Okay? Keep your, ca keep your money in cash, as much of it as you can. Now... I want to bust the myth a little bit that carrying cash is not safe. Uh, isn't it also unsafe if somebody robs you and gets your credit cards and then they can spend them before you can cancel them? Uh, here's something else, too, by the way. You don't have to advertise that you carry cash. You know, I just mentioned that a few minutes ago. You can be really discreet. Don't be pulling out a whole wad of cash out of your pocket every time that you're going to be buying something. You don't want people in stores seeing that you've got big wads of cash. Keep it in different places. Keep it in different pockets. Maybe keep some in your wallet. Maybe keep some in your left front pocket. Maybe keep some in your shirt or your coat pocket. And just take it out in small amounts at a time. That's what I do. And if I do take, if I do have more than a hundred bucks, let's say in my wallet, and it's in small bills, well, my money's hidden in my wallet, and I'm very discreet about how I handle my wallet, so people can't really see what's in it. That's important. Out of sight, out of mind. If people can't see what's in it, it's out of sight, it's out of mind. You're 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 much less of a target. So, that's something to think about. With that in mind, I've kind of gone on as long as I uh, really wanted to. A little bit longer than I wanted to, actually. But I hope you got something here about college prepping, folks. I talked a little bit about what to do uh, off-campus, what to do on-campus, uh, how to store things, what to store, what to prepare, what to keep around, 
what to what to try to get away with storing if you can, how to set up like-minded groups of people, picking your roommates and things like that, dealing with difficult people, situational awareness and all that. All that leads to good survival, not just if you're a college student, but also if you're an ordinary citizen just like you and I. So with that, folks, I want to thank you for tuning in to another episode of today's Survival Show, where it is my goal to help you harness the power of choice, to live life the way you want to live it on your own terms and strengthen your resolve whether you're a student or whether you're a private citizen i hope that your resolve has been strengthened today so thanks again for tuning in and as teddy roosevelt once said do what you can with what you have wherever you are talk to you later bye